Heavenly Father, in your glory, we just thank you. Can we just begin to thank God for today? Quickly, before we start, let's just thank him for what he's going to do, for what he's going to say, for how he's going to bless us. Uh, because I'm just a vessel, but he will speak. His mercy will speak in Jesus' name. Men of Koparaga, Eshtofrekipanda, Lekestovazebre, Girostefanda, Elemenostofesiata, Kabashtefanda, Mante Bregadeshtefanda, Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Daniel, since you are the one, you are the first to join, I've been chatting since. Let's continue our gist. What do you think? Ah, okay, sir. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, me, yeah, I like hearing your voice, right? Same here, too, sir. Thank uh, you, sir. Yeah, I don't mind. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Yeah, I want to say um, thank you to everybody that has joined. I um, really appreciate you, um, your commitment to spiritual growth, your commitment and uh, your excitement towards the world. Um, thank you very much. Uh, we're going to be talking about um, a common topic in the church. Um, and God will give us ability to actually um, be able to um, dig well into it. I don't know when I'll finish this thing because I really, really want to take my time on this. It might be two weeks, it might be three weeks, I'm not sure. Um, but just know that I'm going to take my time on this. Um, because as much as um, it is preached in the body, I noticed that it's not, it was preached in the body in the past, but um, recently, not something very common in the body that much anymore. Praise God. Oh, Father, we thank you. We give praise to your name, Lord. Let your name be glorified in Jesus' name. Father, Amen. speak to our hearts this evening. Touch our hearts this evening. Father, I submit myself to you. Let your grace flow. Father, I will not be speaking, God will speak in the name of Jesus. God, thank you, in Jesus. In Jesus' name, I pray. Oh, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, uh, let me start with somebody here. Uh, we're going to. I'm looking at Miriam here, and I'm, I'm so I'm so excited to call her. Miriam, how are you doing? Is she there? 
Good evening, Pastor Fermi. How are you doing? I'm fine, thank you, sir. I have one question for you. What do you think? Uh, sorry, what's the question? Uh, uh, the question is, what is repentance to you? What is repentance? Mm. Mm, go deep. <coughs> what is repentance? Okay. Just simply, without thinking too much, mm. I think of change. change. I think of um, like change in terms of alignments because you know the change has to be in a certain direction in response to something you know because people can yes in response to something so when i think of repentance um i think of change as in response to something because of let's say help that has come in terms of like um you know, maybe like grace, like for example, like with the word, and then there's grace, and then that change is how like the soul, like you know, just moves to align with. Yeah. So sorry, sir, I don't have a lot and to say. I like from from not talking much, you started talking, and you started saying <laughs> that's very, very good. That's very beautiful. I like I like the way you responded to the spirit. Thank you, sir. Sister Chess, I know. Is that Sister Chidima? Is it a different person? Chess. I think she's the one. Don't let me jump to them. Oh, no, sir. It's a different person. Oh, it's a different person. Oh, okay. I thought she wrote it like that to these guys. Who am I? No problem, sir. Yeah, well, like, can I... Do you want to talk about um, repentance? Just... Just help us out here. Um, I agree with what Maram said. I think mm, it's. I agree. Yes, I think it's ju- it just means um, like a change in maybe nature or uh, a change in like behavior based on maybe the decrease that is available at the time. But it's pretty much the same thing that Maram already said. Oh, man. Thank you. Is there another person I want to quickly give me? Um, a quick understanding on um, repentance. I want a guy this time because I'm called uh, two ladies. Uh, thank you, Jesus. I'm called two ladies, so I want a guy. The way I'm looking at, I'm looking at someone like Benjamin now. I'm just thinking that maybe he's the one that will just give us that definition. How about Benji? Good evening, sir. How are you doing, sir? I'm fine, thank you, sir. Uh, do you want to share? Do you want to, do you want to bless us this evening? Yeah, God. Um, repentance. Um, I agree with what everyone has said. I'll just follow from there. So, um, what I'll just add is, so that change that was being spoken about, I'll say, I'll just put sincere there. So there's a sincere change. And um it's, it's sincere in a way that you cannot turn. You can't you can't turn from it. So is that 
you are being sincere with the change that wants to happen. Yeah, yes, sir. So that's what I mean. sincerity because you can argue with it. It's something argue with it when the knowledge of God comes. There's tendency to argue with it. Yes, sir. It's that place of sincerity that you, even if you argue small, you won't argue for too long. Yes, sir. I like that sincerity. Yeah, so let's let's go into the book. Praise Jesus. Um, our the the topic today is repentance from dead works. Um, we've already defined dead works. Um, we've already defined repentance. Um, but you know, um, dead works, as it says, is um any action that comes out of that is not of the light of God's word. Any action that is carried out outside the light of God's word. When the, any action carried out that is not inspired by the light of God's word is a dead work. Because if it's not carried out by the light of God's word, it's from the realm of the dead. And if it's from the realm of the dead, the only work it can produce is a dead work. And uh, one thing about dead works is that as a man continues carrying it out, he's dying. That's why he cannot continue in those actions because every single action that is we do that God's word is not involved in, we always instill death in the soul. And when we say death, like God's grace, I won't, I won't, I know we all understand it, but I don't want to, I want to say it as if we are we are hearing this for the first time. When we say death, dying, to die, or instilling death is to take a step further away from God. That's a death that has happened. When a man has come to a place where can come to a place where he takes a step behind in the spirit, a death has happened. Praise God. So you see that um uh that's why we need to repent, repent from it. So to repent means to turn away from it and never turn back. Praise God. To turn away from it and never turn back or never reconsider is repentance. Now, one thing about repentance is that sometimes you may have to repent of something several times and over and over again because we've not even, we've not even granted, we've not even received enough grace to fully refuse it. But that is not, it's not a bad place to be. It's not good, but it's not also a bad place to be because a man that is consistently repenting will get to a point where he won't be able to do that thing again. Mm. But yeah, but a man that's, but that's why the devil keeps a man in condemnation. One thing about condemnation is that condemnation will, will not bring a man to a place where he needs to, in the, um, it will feed on the food for repentance. So imagine somebody commits a sin now and it's a place of condemnation. Where what is where he's supposed to be to gain strength to 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 repent or like I said, turn away from it. He will not go back to that place, which is the word. Or even just the gathering of the brethren sometimes is enough. Sometimes it might be difficult for you to carry your Bible, but just hanging around the brethren and the atmosphere of the brethren alone can be enough to just make you repent. Do you say? But because of condemnation, that kind of person will start avoiding that place. Mm. And because you are avoiding that place, 
the strength needed to turn away will not come. So you see some people, because they are staying in condemnation, they, kept, they keep repeating the same thing. Even though they know it's bad, they will keep repeating it and repeating it over and over again, over and over again, over and over again. Until the time, and that the danger in that place is that a man can stay there and the time will come, he will not, he will, he will give up. Hmm. He will give up and accept that thing as a lifestyle. He will give up and accept that thing as a lifestyle. So that's why a man should not get there. One of the reasons for the garden of the brethren is to strengthen ourselves so that we can, light can be projected, can be shots of light of God can be fired in our heart consistently. When you are in the garden of the brethren, when I'm talking about, I'm talking about you brethren, not brethren that are, not the ones that are pretending. You brethren, brethren are men that are, have, have come to the place where they have agreed in their heart to live by the word of God. Those are our brethren. A man that is not that has not agreed to live by the word of God cannot be our brethren because we, we, our our heart result, results are different. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, so that way brethren is a man that is committed to the word, to live by the word is a brethren. Praise God. Hallelujah. Uh, yes. And Satan, one thing about Satan is that he he, that's, that's the garden he, he attacks the most because he knows the strength of that garden. He knows the strength of that garden. You notice that if there's a brethren life that is very strong in a place, growth becomes very fast. Okay. It's, because, it's because that's the strength of brethrenship. That's the life, that's the strength of it. He, he, he makes light of God consistent around you. And every time light is consistent around you, there will be constant repentance. So repentance is to turn away from, from a light, from, a, from the, a lifestyle, a deed, or a knowledge that his soul has given himself to over time that is not the knowledge of God or an action that is not better by the light of God's word. When a man turns away from it, and turning away means that to make a decision never to do it again, or to make a decision never to think like that again. Like I said, because you made that decision, that it doesn't mean that sometimes you might still end up doing it again, but because of that repentance, you have made a decision. It's a decision. So repentance is repentance is not really that that thing stopped immediately there. Repentance is that the heart, the heart is coming to a resolve never to go back. And sometimes repentance might take time. That process of that process of turning might take time because we are dealing with something, we are dealing with flesh. And sometimes flesh needs to be exercised over time for it to stay in a constant resolve. So that's why a man, because you don't like something and you are constantly asking God for help to overcome it, um, don't give up on that thing. Don't give up. It will end one day. As long as you consistently exercise yourself in that act of repentance, that thing will stop one day. There are some things that it took me over two years to stop, but I did not give up on it. I did not give up on it, but two years I, I kept repenting and I fell into it again. I will still repent and make decisions, take actions. See, so repentance has a lot to do with actions you do. 
you, you make decisions. Sometimes you have to talk to your pastor. Your pastor will give you wisdom on how to handle it. You, when the, your pastor gives you that wisdom, you exercise yourself with that wisdom your pastor has presented to you. And continue exercising yourself. So there are some people that, but uh, after they they they, they were at um, staying, they had issues with something, and I give them wisdom: put off your internet, drop your phone, stay away from some set of people. And notice as they continue exercising themselves in those things and actually doing those things, you notice that a time came they just stopped doing it. They just stopped um, committing that sin because it was a something they, they have to be consistent with. So repentance will require a consistent action too. Not just that you just repent once and move on. Satan, we have an, one thing that we should know is that we have an enemy mm-hmm. that does not want men to repent. That does not want, because anytime somebody repents, the, the, the strength of this world is relinquished. And that man gains a certain advantage over the world, a certain level of advantage over the world. So the idea of repentance is to turn away and break away from the strength of this of of um of darkness, because this darkness is is a stronghold that is perpetrated by a certain type of knowledge or understanding. Um, the world. Is an understanding. The kingdom of God is an is, is a, the world is a realm of understanding. The Bible calls it the wisdom of this world. The um, the kingdom of God is another realm of understanding, which is the wisdom of God. Another one, or wisdom of Christ. You see, those are realms of wisdom, and it is and those wisdoms are are projected through the light of God's word. So when the light of God's word starts coming, it's 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 um it projects itself in a wisdom manner. And when a man ca- can agree with that wisdom and yield to it, and yield to it, it becomes repentance. He is repenting. So that's one thing that we do. So repentance is something we will do all through our until we con- conform to the image of Christ. Repentance is something we we'll constantly do. For every light that comes, there's a repentance that must follow. Every light of God that comes, a repentance must follow. Every single time light of God comes, the attitude towards towards the word of God is a repentant attitude. That means you agree that we are, we are going to we agree when the word comes, we agree with the word that we are not there. We are not we are not living by it. And because we have agreed, we now make a decision to live by it. You see, that decision to live by it means that you are turning away from something. Hmm. So the fact that once you agree to live by that word, you must be turning away from the word to live by another word. So once you turn away from a word to live by another word, repentance has happened. Praise God. And many times you have to um, actively renounce it, renounce the former word. Um, many times the way we actively renounce it is by saying, God, I'm sorry, forgive me. And you make a decision in your heart never to go back. You see that, that act of saying, God, I'm sorry, I will not do it again, does something to the heart. 
it does something to the heart. It makes the heart um, give a regard for the word that God is presenting. It, it brings gives the heart a sense of value for the word that God is bringing. So really, really, repentance yeah. is not for God. Our repentance will not do anything to God. It will not make God any better than the way he is. Okay. Our repentance is for us. It's our heart. Repentance softens the heart. Repentance readjusts the configuration of the heart. So repentance is for us. It's not for God. Because I've heard a doctrine that says that you don't need to repent. That when you sin, just move on. That you don't need to repent. That's a very dangerous doctrine. It's a very dangerous doctrine because if you check the entire scripture, you will see it clearly there where repentance was talked about. And repentance actually was actually followed by a decision. You can see it in Acts chapter, um, Acts chapter what? Praise God. Um, Acts chapter 2. You see, Acts chapter 2, from verse 38. After they received after the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and some people were caught by the attention of the Holy Ghost, and people speaking in tongues, and they were hearing their language from the speaking in tongues. Peter now spoke with them. After Peter spoke with them, the next thing Peter told was there was verse 38 says, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive gift of the Holy Ghost. Now every 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 repentance will follow remission of sin. Because every time you repent, um, the one thing that happens is that the blood of Christ is made available to actually cleanse that sin. Now, one thing that we should understand that when we say blood, blood is um the, the blood of Jesus Christ is, is a cleanser. That means that what it does is that it, it turns the heart, and everything is still done by knowledge. It turns the heart away from the previous knowledge you used to have. So that's actually what repentance is. That's why it will be followed by remission of sin. That means a man will, uh, will, will forsake a sin. Anytime a repentance is done, a sin must have been forsaken. Hmm. So if a man repents and has not forsaken sin, says he has repented, but that sin he has not forsaken, repentance has not really happened. And for once a man forsakes a sin, the remission has happened because it's more like you have you have stepped away from something. You have bought yourself back from something. Or let me use the word the blood of Jesus Christ has bought you back from something. Because you can't buy yourself back. It's the blood of Jesus that buys us back. Praise God. So you mm -hmm. see, repentance it must be followed by a by it must be followed by a subsequent action. And it now says, verse 39, for the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far. Now, I will now read verse 40. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, save yourselves from this untoward generation. Verse 41, you see, the act of repentance now came in 41. And then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day were added unto them about 3,000 souls. So a decision was made that day. So for every repentance, there must be a decision that follows. In fact, this one, the repentance book of Acts was very strong because 
Many of them, the Bible says they were Crete, they were Arabians, they were Utopians that went to Jerusalem to go and either trade or offer um, offering. And many of them, they, the repentance was so strong that many of them did not even go back. They stayed. They left all their business, they left everything and stayed. And that was the reason why they had to, people started selling their land. People started, so that those people that stayed behind could be fed. Because those people literally left everything behind. That was a strong decision. That was a strong decision of repentance. So they left everything behind. Uh, that, was, that, was, that was power. That was serious power then. That a man that has been, maybe he has a, a whole big business and he heard the gospel. And by repentance, he left everything behind and did not go back to his country again. If he's wow. from Arabia, he did not go back to Arabia again. If he's an Utopia, he did not go back to Arabia. So Bible says they were from Persians, Medes, Elamites, dwellers of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Crete, Phrygia, Pamphylia. You see, these were men. These were men who, from different parts of the world. And many of them stayed behind because they heard the gospel and made a decision never to go back. Praise God. That was a strong uh, revival that day. And men repented and made decisions. So repentance must follow, must be followed by uh, a commensurate decision never to go back. Never to go back to uh, the format, that thing that you are being, we are being rebuked of. And like I said, I still want to emphasize on this again that sometimes it's a process. Sometimes you might repent and never go back to it. Now, there's so much grace that you just, you just stop it. Sometimes it might take a process. But at the end of the day, repentance still means turning away. Praise God. Yes, Jesus. So um, some of the topics, some of the things we are going to touch on today is... Uh, some of the questions that will be running through our mind, I just want us to start meditating on the question is, what is repentance from dead work? What is not, and what is not repentance? So one of the best way to learn is, can I take in session, he said, one of the best way to learn something is to learn what it is not. Mm -hmm. So we'll be talking about what it is not too. Um, but let us talk about what it is first, then we'll talk about what it is not. Yeah. Mm. Then another one is, what is the span of repentance from dead works in the life of a Christian? What is the span? How, how long does it take? Many of these things, I've already talked about them, but to be a thought that will be ruminating all over and continuously. Who is the initiator, catalyst of the scriptural kind of repentance? And how can condemnation be handled? This one will spend a lot of time there. Because one thing that Satan as succeeds in us is it can keep us in the place of repentance and constantly firing thoughts into us. Because once the condemnation comes, I mean condemn, sorry, in the place of condemnation. So once condemnation comes to a man, condemnation is, is a weakness, it weakens a man and makes a man um makes a man come to the place where he feels helpless. And once the man feels helpless, you will feel like he can take it can anything anything that Satan brings, it will just be absorbing it and absorbing it because it feels helpless. That's the state of repentance. That's why a man should not stay in a state of condemnation. 
That's why a man should not stay in condemnation for too long. Once a man stays in condemnation for too long, there's nothing Satan offers him that he will not eat. Because he will feel helpless. He will feel like he doesn't deserve to step away from that place. He will feel like one of the things that Satan projects in the heart of a man in condemnation is that God can never accept you like this. But that's a lie because there's nobody God cannot accept. But is the shame. is the shame of once I step out of this, can God accept me back? Can I fellowship with God? Is it okay for me to fellowship with God with this my state? But truly, truly, the person that God wants to the most to come and fellowship with him is a is man in that state. Oh. That's the kind of man God is. If you see Jesus Christ on it, he actually went for sinners. He will hang out with them. He will drink with them. He will eat with them. In fact, he stayed with them so much. He started attacking him and say, ah. Do, do you get what I'm saying? He started attacking him and say, ah. What kind of, why, 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 after all, if you are truly a prophet, why are you hanging out with sinners? He now answered them. He said, I've not come for the, uh, um, for the, for the, for the righteous. I've come for the, for the lost soul of Israel. That's the, who he actually came for. So he's a man in that state of condemnation that God is actually really, really looking for. That's the one that Jesus Christ wants to actually reach out to. Praise God. So a man should not, nobody should stay too long in a place of condemnation. It's actually a dreadful place because once a man is there, there's no thing Satan cannot, cannot, cannot offer him. He's like from one, from, he's like a, he's like a, uh, a, a bottomless pit, a pit that has no end. He will just keep taking and taking and digging that hole and falling deep and falling deep, and falling deep, until he finds mercy, he will keep falling. Praise Jesus. So, condemnation is something that no man should permit. If you feel condemned, if you feel condemned that you are helpless, find help, look for somebody to talk to. Sometimes you might not be able to drag yourself out of it by in that, like, alone. You have to look for somebody that might be able to drag you out. Even if it's that you have to go and just go and spend the night in your pastor's house and just lie down on his couch and just sleep overnight, just just to just to have just 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 to gain some strength, do it. Call your pastor or one of your brothers that is strong spiritually. Praise God. I'm, I'm talking about the end of this this teaching right now, but it's okay. Um, if there's a direction that the spirit is taking, it's okay um, because this is actually the end of it that I'm talking about before about. Um, not talking about the beginning. Um, um, instead of starting from the beginning, praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Um, I, I, that's why. And so, a man should be comfortable running back to God. You see, repentance. One, one of the things is that one of the one of the things is that some people feel like once they commit a sin, they can't read their Bible. But immediately you tell God, God, I'm sorry. One of the first places you need to go or listen to a message. One of the first things you need to quickly go and do is either open the scripture, play worship song, or or actually carry your Bible and begin to actually spend time with God and fellowship with God. That's the first place you should run into. Not because you have said, God, I'm sorry. You don't feel like you can just go about your day. Because coming out of the after repenting, you need to 
gain strength above that thing. Sure. And that's where you gain strength because for you to fully turn away, you must be stronger than that thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For a man to turn away from something, that's why in the scripture, the, the Bible was talking about that. Can you enter into a strong man's house and steal from his house without first binding the man? And for you to bind that man, you must be strong. You don't just enter into a place and bind somebody without being stronger than a person. You must be stronger than that person. So, one thing about going back to the word after repenting is um, you gain strength inside by spending time with God to actually fully turn away from it. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Yeah, to fully turn away from me. You have to um you you have to actually go back to the word, either listening to message, spending time with brethren, listening to well, anything, any spiritual thing that will help you gather strength at that point is what you need to do. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's open to Hebrews chapter six, verse one. Brother Daniel, now I'll be needing you. Okay, sir. Hebrews chapter, I'll prefer King James, please. Chapter 6 from verse 1. Okay, sir. Should I read? Yeah, yes, sir. Thank you very much. Okay, sir. Um, Hebrews 6 verse 1. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to, perf- go on, on to perfection. Let's, let's, can we stop there? So, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection. So what the elementary principles of doctrine of Christ will throw you into is the pursuit of perfection. Mm. Do you get it? Once a man is grounded in the elementary principles of Christ, it would, that elementary principle will throw him into a world called the world of pursuing perfection. Do you get what I'm saying? So, you throw that man into a world of seeking perfection. So you see what that thing. So repentance for a man to not seek perfection, it must be turning away from imperfection. There must be a turning away because it's throwing you into a world where perfection will be the the drive, will be the, 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 the desire you get. Praise God. Let's continue, please. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works. Not laying again. Now, many people have quoted this scripture and said, not laying again means that they don't need to teach it. But what Paul is saying here is that this thing should have been laid. Yes, sir. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes, sir. This thing should have been laid. So this thing should I relate. So you see it after, a, after that part, you now say, which we will visit if the Lord permits. You see it at the end of that scripture. Let's continue reading. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. Mm-hmm. Doctrine of, yeah. of the doctrine of baptisms, yeah. laying on of hands, yes. and of resurrection of the dead, mm-hmm. and of eternal judgments. Yes, thank you very much. See? All these things that you just that you just quoted in that scripture now, we are going to deal with it in life class. 
all of them, repentance of dead works, uh, resurrection of the dead, eternal judgment. We've done laying out of hands. We've done baptism of the Holy Ghost. We've done faith towards God. You see? We've done so all these topics will be dealt with because what Paul is saying there is this thing ought to have been dealt with. This thing, this foundation ought to have been laid. Can you now finish that scripture, please? And this will, and this will we will we do if God permits. You see, and this we will do if God permits. That means we should have been laid. And if the Lord feels like we need to go back again, we will go back. So the scripture is not saying that, okay, let's turn it. This one is not important again. He said, for a man to actually start seeking perfection, all these foundations must have been laid. Praise God. Hallelujah. So you see, this repentance of dead work is actually very, very important. Because if a man has not learned to repent, if a man has not learned to repent, he can be professing Jesus, but not, not agree with God, Jesus' ways. Oh. He, can, he might be professing Jesus, but when the ways of Jesus appears before him, he will not agree with it. He can argue with it. So I know that when we were on campus, there were some doctrines that came that um, uh, there were some things we, we, we used to Tell ourselves that no, it's not me that sin. It's not. It's not. It's my, it's my body that sin. I'm spirit. <laughs> it's not. So when we commit sin, we say it's not me that sin because I am spirit. It's my body that sin. You see that excuse we gave was to shy away from repentance, and that thing is very common, especially among young people. Satan succeeded on campus that time, convincing some people that um, it's not me, it's not them that sin. That anytime they sin, it's not the real them that sin because a man born of God cannot sin. And because mm. your spirit man is born of God, your spirit man cannot sin, and your spirit man is the real you. That thing is a big lie. Because really, really, the Bible says the soul that sins shall die. So is the, the soul really, really is the soul, is the soul that sins. And death is being registered on the soul constantly. As every man actually carry out sinful works. So that thing is what Satan succeeded in doing is to give a man excuse to shy away from repentance. So you will see a man continuing his sin and give excuse for his sin over and over again, and give excuse for the sin over and over again. All through his life, he constantly gives excuse for his sin. Imagine what the kind of monster that kind of man will become over the years after. Yeah. That man will literally become a monster at the point. Because if the heart, one thing, because, because one thing that happens is that if a man is not given to repentance, the heart will constantly be hardened. Yes, sir. Hmm. Because sin grows. That's one thing we should know. Sin grows. And the way sin grows is that once every single time the conscience is attacked, the conscience is um, seared, sin becomes more powerful. For every searing of the conscience, another level of strength has been given to sin. 
So you see a man that you see some people that things that was bad that used to be bad for them, they used to feel bad about before. They will get to a point because they've not given themselves to repentance. And they've excused sin over time. What they never used to, they used to feel bad about, it gets to the point they don't feel bad about it again. That is a seared conscience. A monster is brooding up gradually. So we need to be careful excusing sin. And when I'm talking about sin now, you know, in our midst now, you know, sometimes people can just be saying, when we are talking about sin, we are not talking about fornication, we are not talking about adultery, we are not talking about lying, we are not talking about um, um, speaking evil, we are not talking about gossiping. Just resolve in your heart today that, and when I mention sin, I'm talking about everything. I'm talking about everything from the, the, the ones that you feel are disgusting to the ones that, that looks like they are posh. I'm talking about everything. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. So you see, he said, um, he said, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works. Um, I remember that um, when the word of faith became very popular, well, I've not even, I've not gotten away in this. Let's, let's, let's just, let me just flow, please. Hmm. I'll just flow. Whenever we finish, we'll finish. Yes, sir. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Um, I, I remember when the word of faith first came into the body. Um, at the beginning, you see churches like um, MFM, then you see churches like Deeper Life. Um, then the living seed word, all those people, they, they, they gave themselves to, to, um, to teaching repentance from dead work continuously. And people were actually repenting, even though there were some extremes there. But you know, there was a preservation in the body to say to a large extent there. Yes, sir. Do you get what I'm saying? So, even though some extremes of don't wear trousers, don't wear, even those ones preserve the body to some extent. Yes, sir. You can see, there was a preservation in the body with that. Wear your scarf, cover your hair, all those things. There was still some form of, but when word of came, came, which is actually what the body actually needed, praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Which is actually what the body needed, one of the things that happened is that, um, praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. One of the things that happened in the body is that some people now let, let go of repentance of dead work and just accept their word of faith wrong without paying attention to repentance from dead works. So you now see that a man can, can believe God for anything but he can still go to the office and lie. Yeah. But he can still believe God that he will pray, he will speak it for hours to generate faith inside him and he will speak for the word and he will get results. But he had, he had, there wasn't an emphasis of repentance from dead work. So you will see men of faith being comfortable with sin.
I don't know many, many that have attended campus fellowships, not just campus fellowship in Nigeria, campus fellowship all around the world. It was a common thing um, that I noticed among, but I know the one in Africa then, because we had affiliation with some ministries in Ghana, some in um, other parts of Africa. And it was a constant thing we saw that when word of faith came, people could have faith for things. They could prophesy. They could interpret tongues. But they were still comfortable with sin. And Satan was able to deceive them then that because the Bible says the righteous shall live by faith. They will say that your righteousness is by faith. It's not by works. Yeah. So they, 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 they now use that, that statement to, to, to undermine repentance from dead works. So you will see some, some well, on campus then, let me just, I'll be very, let, let me free today. I'll, when I work on campus then, we'll see maybe some of those people that were, they were pastors that were teaching those things and they were teaching word of faith, but they were undermining repentance from dead work. You will see what, what started happening among them is that we started seeing some of them sleeping with their church members, yeah. but they still have faith and they were getting results. But that area, you see some of them lying about money. Yeah. You see of them mismanaging funds. Mm. In fact, there was something that happened one time that um, um, some people, those men, they were word of faith people. They had faith. They could speak in tongues for hours. Move of the spirit. All those things. But some people will bring them um, bring money to the church. And because they want to get the certain um, things from government, they will give a certain amount to, the, to that church. And the, they would, but the church will write a different kind of receipts for them. And those, those, that church was doing it. Mm. So they can give the church one million. But by the time the, the church wants to write how much they give, the church can write five million. Yeah. Yeah. So you see, one thing that was happening is that even though faith was prominent among them in that manner, that they could have faith for things, and they could say that my, my, my faith is by my right, my faith is my righteousness is by faith. Do you get what I'm saying? And they, 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 because repentance from dead work was missing, they were they, they became comfortable in the flesh, but could use faith to get things from God. And Satan deceived the church for so long. Thank God for word of righteousness. God. So we, we, we then some of us we could we could we could misbehave in church. Yeah. We're not we're not we're, we're not we're not unwise, and including me too. I'm I'm sharing, I'm I'm also talking about myself. I'll tell you one thing that I did on campus one time after I started listening to Word of Faith. And I started um, debunking repentance from dead works. We were not wise. So there was one fellowship like that. Hmm. They were deeper life-like. They were deeper life-like. So that was the fellowship I was attending. You know. But because I started learning faith, that fellowship, they said, if you if you are coming to fellowship, don't wear shorts, don't wear face cap. But because me, I started learning faith. One day I woke up, 
I said I will not be bound. <laughs> so I carried my face cap on my short and I went to fellowship. <laughs> that was the weirdest fellowship attendance I ever attended on campus. Wow. I was just it was a very it was a very tough one because I could see faces. Yeah. <laughs> I could see faces staring at me. That this brother, what's wrong with this brother? But you know that because and and the problem I had is that because I I believe that I'm learning faith, it is not the outward thing that affects me, it is the inward thing. It is what is it is the state of my heart that matters. But check that heart that did that kind of action. Is that heart right? Yes, sir. It's not possible for that kind of heart to be right. It's not possible for that kind of heart to be right. So we can't just say it's not is my is it's not what is outside that matters. Is my is my heart that matters. But out of your heart flows issues of life. So any action you do must have been premeditated in your heart. We can't lie. Every, there's no way. Our actions came from somewhere. Every single action is a premeditation of the heart. God will grant us repentance today in Jesus' name. Mm. If there's any way we are rebellious in the heart, God will start, God will start addressing those things in Jesus' name. Amen. We we'll, we'll have um, we we'll have um, a meek heart, and uh, a heart of a heart that constantly seek to love God and love the brethren. Amen. You can see that one thing that repentance from dead work we impute in the heart is a certain kind of love and tenderness towards God. Hmm. Praise Jesus. You will install a certain kind of love and tenderness towards God. Because a heart that feels to repent constantly has this form of love for God. He, he wants to please God. So that's kind of heart that wants to inconvenience himself in a certain manner just to please God. Even sometimes without understanding. He's just So that kind of heart, imagine a heart that is like that. Did the understanding come? What do you think will happen? Wow. It will run quick with understanding. That kind of heart. So you will see why some people grow faster than us. It's a heart posture. It's a, it's a repentant heart, a meek heart. Praise Jesus. Yeah. And for one thing that I noticed is that one thing that I know I've noticed is that faith. Is actually plays out in repentance too. Hmm. Because it takes faith to repent. You know that we actually receive forgiveness by faith. Because many times forgiveness, you don't feel it. True. You don't feel it. There are sometimes after you repent, you say, God, I'm sorry. And you know God has forgiven you. You still feel that condemnation somewhere. Hmm. It takes time for that, for that feeling to leave. Right? Sir. Yeah, it takes time for that feeling to be. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, so 
but 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 it doesn't now mean that we, yeah it, it takes time but you now need faith to now continue you now need faith to continue in that state believing that even because you repented your sin has been forgiven praise god hallelujah praise jesus hallelujah praise the lord hallelujah wow thank you jesus Jesus. I'm enjoying this. Yes, sir. You know, and one thing I want us to understand is that repentance is something we would need all through our Christian work. Hmm. Until Christ is formed in us. Repentance will be something we always need. Because anytime the light of Christ is shone on us, repentance must follow. Because you must turn away from the former light to receive the new light. Praise God. You must turn away from the former light to receive the new light. So every time revelation of the word comes, or the counsel of the word comes, repentance will always have to follow. So every that's why the Bible says be sober, be vigilant. Is a sober heart that can actually repent consistently. A state of soberness is the what every human being should be in. That's the heart that can consistently repent. Hmm. Praise Jesus. That's the heart that can consistently repent. So even in from milk of the world, you need repentance. Even in the meat of the world, repentance. In fact, one of the things about meat of the world is that that's where repentance is needed. One of the times repentance is actually needed, one of the most times. A lot. Because it looks as if what a righteousness, every, when somebody enters into what a righteousness like this, it's like, it's constant correction. It's like from correction to correction, correction to correction. So after, after I started listening to what a righteousness at a point, I asked myself, God, is the only me that is in this Christian world? Why is the only me that is really correct? Because there was just a season of my life, everything I was doing was wrong. Wow. There was just always something wrong with me. And I had to constantly say, God, I'm sorry. I will not do it again. Okay. Before you know it, I've already repented of that one. Before you know it, a day after, another thing has been revealed again that I've been doing. Ah, God, leave me. I'll calm down now. Let me, let me rest more. Because the light of God, I, I was open to a channel of light that is beginning to expose my darkness. And once my darkness starts being exposing, a, a meek heart, that's why the Bible says that he has come to preach the gospel to the meek. Yes. Because it's a meek heart that when the gospel is presented to that heart, repentance will follow. That's meekness. That means you are able to turn. You must be humble and you must be meek. Able to turn when the light comes. Praise God. Hallelujah. This is very important. So we always need it at that point. We need because you learn it in the milk of the world, but you constantly put it to use in the meat of the world. You constantly put it to use. So I noticed that sometimes the reason why some people find it difficult to actually um uh, be consistent with what the righteousness is that there's probability that the foundation of repentance from dead work was not established 
So they approach word of righteousness with the eyes of condemnation, not the eyes of repentance. Hmm. Because in word of righteousness, is more like corrections are consistent. And sometimes you might feel so condemned, but you're not supposed to feel like that. You're supposed, anytime those things come, it, it should be in the realm of rejoicing. Because now your darkness has been exposed and you have you have been and you are constantly repenting is a is a is a is a is a state of joy that a man should come into. But a man can now begin to see it from the perspective of oh, I'm not good, I'm bad. There's nothing good about me. That's not the approach to word of righteousness. The approach to word of righteousness is an excitement or a joy towards the fact that my darkness has been exposed. I am being saved. So you approach what of righteousness with a repentant heart, not a act of condemnation. Praise God. So you see that all these things are preparation. That's why I said, let us go on to perfection. So it's a preparation for when the word that actually instills perfection starts coming, the, the, the heart posture towards it will be, will be nice, will be okay. Because because a foundation of repentance has already been laid. So you can handle correction accurately. Not with condemnation. So a man that is in word of righteousness and in being and foundation of repentance on dead work has been laid well. When correction comes, when correction comes, it will not be offended. Hmm. It will not be offended with condemnation, with correction, because there's the heart posture has already been trained to receive correction and repent. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, Father Lord, we thank you. Jesus. Oh, Rabbiano, thank Thank you, Lord. Let's quickly open to Acts 20. I'll read from verse. 19. Acts 20. My brother. Yes, sir. Are you dead? Yes, sir. I like the way you responded. You responded like a soldier. <laughs> Acts 20 from verse 19. Um, 20 from verse 19. Yeah. Serving the Lord with all humility of mind. Let's take it slow. Serving the Lord with what? All humility of, of mind. What? Of mind. <laughs> That's the, that's the approach to serving the Lord. All humility, because when you start approaching God in service, standards, you'll be projecting standards in your eyes. Mm-hmm. And you must be humble. Mm-hmm. But even me, as I'm teaching this thing, I'm being blessed. Uh-huh. I'm putting myself. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears. Let's go. And, tem- uh, and with many tears and temptations, which befell mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. by delaying by delaying in weight of the Jews. Right. And how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, yes. but have showed but have shielded you and have taught you publicly and from house to house. Mm-hmm. I both to the Jews. And also to the Greeks, repentance toward God and, and what and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. So you see those two things; they work hand in hand. 
repentance towards God, and faith towards our Lord. Many times when we are talking about faith towards our Lord, we are always talking about um, uh, faith to receive things from God. But really, really, that's not the found, that's not the real core essence of faith. Faith is to faith is faith is 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 capacity to agree with God. And for you to agree with God, you must be turning away. You must be disagreeing with the world. So you see that is repentance towards God and faith towards our Lord Jesus Christ. They walk hand in hand. It takes faith to agree with God. And when a man agrees with God, he must be disagreeing with something. Because we are we are embodiment of agreement. When we say agreement, I'm talking about covenant. Agreement. You know, in Isaiah 28, it's hell and death that we made agreement. We have made lies of our refuge. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. So you see, faith and repentance will always go hand in hand. It takes faith to repent. Because you must first believe to agree. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, let me let me go back to the book. What is repentance from dead works? Or what does it mean to repent from dead works? It means to turn away from knowledge, deeds, and thoughts that the soul has held onto, which the body has also practiced as a result of ignorance of the knowledge of God's word. Praise Jesus. So every every action that we need to repent of, we did those things because of ignorance of God's word. We did it as a result of ignorance from God. Now, when we are talking about ignorance, ignorance, ignorance means to ignore. Ignorance means to be, uh, to be, ah, I want to use one word. You see, when you are not, when you are not conscious of a certain, a certain sphere, it's called ignorance. Lack of consciousness or um, a knowledge Oh, yeah, thank you very much. Oh, definitely. Oblivious of a certain of a certain sphere. Thank you. That's what I was looking for. When you are oblivious of a certain sphere, that's ignorance. Do, do you get what I'm saying? And um, oh, thank you, Jesus. So when you are oblivious of it, there's tendency. And one thing about ignorance is that in the realm of the spirit, ignorance in the in the world, when you say ignorance. Ignorance is absence of knowledge in the world. But spiritually, ignorance is presence of a wrong knowledge. So the way Satan veils the face, the, every man, is that he projects a different, he, he projects a different path. He projects a different path for that man, different from the path that God is projecting. So you will see that a man will be living a life and putting him strength, his strength there, but he's actually running the wrong direction. That's actually ignorance. 
that's ignorance. So because a man is ignorant, ignorance does not mean that that man will not be doing that man will not be doing anything. That's not ignorance. It means that the man can be engaged in the wrong knowledge, can engage the wrong knowledge, and engage it with all his strength in the spirit. That's exactly what really, really what ignorance is. Because Satan is a veiler. Hmm. You see, in the book of um, Genesis, when they put Jeroboam in Eden, um, in the Garden of Eden, and they put the sword, they said the sword can turn a man eta tita. That's actually a terrific strength. They can chat courses for you away from what, what you are really looking for. They can just chat another course for you. And that's the strength that Satan is using. That's the wisdom of Satan. So Satan is a projector of a knowledge that will make a man, a knowledge that will make a man ignore the knowledge of God. He can project a knowledge to a man that once that knowledge is projected to that man, that man can literally conveniently ignore the knowledge of God. Praise Jesus. So, yeah, let's move on. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Yes. Uh, when the revelation of God's word comes to us, we are expected to make amends according to and in line with the understanding that has come. That's the expectation. And you see that in every walk with God, this is actually the way it should be. From milk to meat to strong meat. Once the revelation of, of the word of God comes, we are supposed to actually make a decision in line or make amends in line with the understanding that has come. This we ought to do with regards to the thoughts of our hearts, the way we live and the things we do with our physical bodies. Now, I said it from the beginning that our thoughts, it was without transcend into action. Every single action started from the realm of thoughts. Praise Jesus. Every single action started from the realm of thoughts. So, first of all, when the um, word of God comes to you, once the word of God comes to you, boom, like this. It first lands in the heart. And if a man can, can meditate on it in the heart so long, before you know it, that word will begin to influence the mind. From the mind, it runs into the realm of action. So you see that the word of God targets the heart first because that is the foundation of a man's, is that, that of it flows the issues of life. That's where the core thing is. So, and a man, and that's the realm of decision making. That's the realm of resolve. Now, dead works are works done and held onto by the soul. You see, so really, really, those people that are saying that is my is not me that sin. <laughs> it's my body that sin. Dead works are held on because everything is a knowledge scheme a knowledge-based action. So it's in the soul, it's in the heart and in the mind. So it's the heart and the mind that actually sins. And they carry the body, and they carry the body, and the, 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 the body, they carry the body along. So really, really, and the soul that sins shall die. So you can't just say that it's not you that sinned. Because a man is not just spirit alone. 
is the core of a man is spirit. But a man is not complete with spirit alone. The, a man is spirit, soul, and body. Spirit, which is the real man that has a soul and lives in a body. So when you say man, you don't just say man because you saw spirit. When you say man, a man living on earth, you is if he doesn't have a soul or he doesn't have a body, he's not a man. A man, the completion of a man is spirit, soul, and body. So you see that you, you can't just say that, oh, it's not me that sinned. No, you sinned. Sir. Yeah, and you should feel bad for that sin. Once you get to the place where you don't feel bad about the sin, you are already in trouble. I was with somebody one day. The person was so angry and he spoke to somebody anyhow. She spoke to somebody anyhow. And she said it to me. She said, Pastor, I spoke my mind and I don't feel bad about it. Ah, I said, this is a problem. You spoke your mind and you don't feel bad about it. Ah, you're already in trouble. You should feel bad. So people say when you, when you sin, you shouldn't feel bad because you are not you are not relying on the on the blood of Jesus. No, you have to feel bad. You should feel bad. Is it is it is it uh, godly sorrow leads to repentance? That feeling bad will make you not to feel a need to go back to it again because you don't want to feel like that again. Who enjoys feeling bad like that after sinning? That feeling after committing a sin, do you enjoy it? You don't enjoy it. So the fact that you felt that way, you don't want to feel it again. So that feeling is necessary. That feeling is necessary because it reminds you not to go back. So you should feel bad. Me, I feel bad if I do something wrong. I feel very bad. Very, very bad. And is that feeling bad if I do maybe in the house I do something that I'm not supposed to do and I feel bad about it? Is that feeling bad that will make me run to my wife and confess it to my wife? Say, ah, I did something wrong. Is that bad? That may feeling bad that makes me do it. If I don't feel bad, I won't feel the need to go and do that. You should feel bad. It's, a, it's an healthy feeling. It's just that that feeling bad should not make you now condemn yourself. That feeling bad should make you run straight to God for healing and repair. So a man should feel bad about sin. She'll feel bad. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. And because now and because you felt bad doesn't mean you now stay there and wallow in it and wallow in it. No, you don't wallow in it. Because there's a faith too is at work. You should, you should then you put on the cloak of faith and let it and run into repentance. Dead works are works done and held on by the soul and practiced with the body. So the body too will be involved in it. The, it, it starts from the soul, then ends up in the body. That's why I'm saying that there's no way an action will be done without being premeditated in the heart. Your heart must have, you must, you must have fought war in the heart 
and be overcome. Every sin we commit is because we are overcome by something. So the heart is a warfare zone. And because of the weakness, because we have not gathered enough strength and knowledge, many of these thoughts overcome us. Then we end, we end, we end up doing it. But if we, in the thought realm, we fight the war and we win, it will not end up in the action realm. It will end up being carried out by the body. Does, because uh, the body is just an implementer. Yes, sir. The body just implements. The body is not the generator. The soul is the generator of it. Evil spirit will suggest something to the soul. And you will see that the reason why we don't win this argument in the soul is because if we are not wise, if we have not decked with enough wisdom inside us, we, we don't, we don't, we, we end up agreeing with, with that thought. Because we are, we are not, wisdom has not been decked enough. We are now agree with it because one thing about spirit is that spirit comes with our con, a convincing power. That's their, that's their capacity. They have capacity to convince. And when we are not fast enough or with speed enough by wisdom in the spirit, one thing that we do is that before, before we even finish worrying with one thought, like 10 other thoughts have already come. So our speed is slow in the spirit. So we can't we can wrestle down thoughts because we don't have enough speed to, to actually wrestle it down. We are supposed to wrestle down thoughts. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. The soul of believers are at various levels of deadness, depending on how much of the light of God's word has been shown in the heart. Hmm. So we are so the soul repentance from dead works. Let's look at it. Dead works. There are works in the soul that there are dead works. There are there are, are works that have been done in the soul that are that are configuration of deadness. Is is death that configure the soul like that? So repenting from it once light shown, a man will start actually uh, disagree with it. There are works because it's an agreement. It's a work inside. It has been worked inside. That's why we just do it voluntarily and we don't know. Sometimes you don't want to do it, but you just find yourself doing it voluntarily. It's a work. It's a work that has been done. So we find ourselves doing it voluntarily. And you don't want to do it. You see what Paul was saying in Romans chapter 7. He said, that which I wish to do, I can't do it. It's the one I don't want to do that I find myself doing. It's a work inside. Is a walk. It has been walked there. So a man, when a man, so repentance is to wrestle with the walk inside by the light of God's word that has been shown. So once the light of God comes and a man begins to meditate on it and agree with it, he meditates on it and agree with it. Sometimes you know it's not it's not easy. You don't just you don't just you don't just um, obey immediately. You don't just obey immediately. Sometimes you have to stay meditating on the word or even praying with the word. That has been given before you can even obey it. You spend time, you meditate on it, you pray with it, you meditate on it, you pray with it. You are they are you are loosening up, you are loosening up a walk by those actions you are doing. You are loosening it up. Sometimes when the Lord brings instructions, it's not that you are just quick to just go and do it, you are spending time with it. You are you are you are you are getting you are gathering strength from it by actually 
meditating on the word and gathering understanding and wisdom. You stay there. You gather wisdom. You gather understanding. You grow in it. You, you then it, it becomes clearer. The instruction gets clearer. It gets clearer. By the time a, a certain establishment is made in the soul, just notice that obedience becomes easy to, to a certain extent. And by the time you start exercising yourself in it, so every single act of obedience is a repentance at work somewhere. Yes, because for you to obey, you are turning away from something. Yes, wow. Yeah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. So he said, depending on how much the light of God was, has been shown in the earth. So it's a various level of deadness. The soul has deadness. See, please, I want us to agree somewhere that even though our spirit man has been quickened, and thank God, our spirit man has been quickened. We praise God for it. That's a powerful work. That's actually, that's actually, that's a miracle. Imagine a, 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 you did not do anything. They just carried you and put you Sitting with Christ in heavenly places. What did you do to do that, to get that? Nothing. So it's powerful, but we need to understand that there's deadness in the soul. And the man needs to repent from it. We need to be conscious that there's work to be done. Yeah, we should feel it that there's we are, we are, I want to say it the way raw like that. We are sinners somewhere in the soul, not in the spirit. Not in our spirit, man, but sinners somewhere in the soul. Because there are some things, there are works inside us that we give ourselves to consistently without even thinking about it. We just do it. It doesn't, we fact, we don't. Sometimes it's after doing it for years that you realize that Kai, I'm doing something bad. Yeah. True. So we need to understand that. Praise Jesus. Yeah. So there's a level of deadness in the soul that needs to be repented from or needs to be turned away from. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Jesus. So let's see. There are some things that um we should know about repentance from dead works. Uh repentance from dead works. Thank you, Jesus. A, we are going from A to, to J. Hmm. There's no way we can finish this thing today. I don't even know if we can finish it next week. Let's see. Ah, thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Repentance from dead works is a doctrine to be taught to believers. You see, to believers. You don't teach this one to unbeliever. A, an unbeliever does not have capacity to repent in this sphere. You can't tell, you can't tell an unbeliever to stop stealing. Even if he stops stealing, the nature of stealing is still there. Oh. He just needs opportunity again and some little pressure. Hmm. He's going to thief. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. A non-believer needs to first be quickened before he now starts the activity of repentance. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. So it needs to be taught to believers. It's a believer that will teach repentance. So it's a believer that the light of God can shine into 
and he begins to agree with it. An unbeliever does not have any capacity to agree with the light of God's words unless he has been quickened. Because to be quickened means he to have a capacity to respond to God. Yes, That's quickening, to be quickened. When, when, when time I think of quickening, it makes me, you know, when you switch on the light and you hear that spark, bah! Oh. <laughs> and light comes on. That's quickening. Once that light come on, you just notice that before you know, you can plug something and the thing will begin to work. You can do many other things. There are many things you can do with it. After that spark, is 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 that you have been quickened. So oh. a, so there's no and no. Sometimes when we used to go for evangelism in Nigeria, I remember one time like that. Let me share this story with you. I went to, um, there's an area in Nigeria, for those that don't live in Nigeria, that area is called, um, is in Lagos, Nigeria. That area is called Shita. It's a very rough oh. area. Uh, Daniel, you know Shita? Yes, sir. The Lord is your shepherd. Amen. <laughs> you do live around there? Yes, sir. I know the place. You know Still the place? Lady. You used to go there? Still Larry, sir. Uh, ah! All right. <laughs> so I used to go to do evangelism there. Wow. That's very jamming. <laughs> so it's an area, very rough area in Nigeria, very rough. Um people that um smoke weed, yes, drugs. There's nothing they don't do there. So I used to go and do evangelism. Somebody told me that because maybe I used to look at, I used to do evangelism there because I look like them. Because I have red eyeballs. So my so the, I used to go and do evangelism there and I'll be I'll just be preaching. But I didn't have much knowledge then. So the the way I thought to preach was by telling them to stop sinning. That was all I knew. I, I used to project their sin in front of them. Ah, your smoke is not good to smoke. You are sleeping around, it's not good to sleep around. Tell God to help you so I will not be sleeping around. You are prostituting, you shouldn't be doing that. Because those were the common thing that was there, the prostitution, um, drugs, just partying, reveling spirits. That place, when you enter that place, there's a spirit there. Even you, you, you know that once you enter that place, that there's a problem there. Yeah. It's a terrible place. So one day, there were some guys that, I, at least some of them got born again. But there were some that immediately like, they heard the gospel. Some of them stopped smoking. But there were still some that they... They they bring their cigarette to fellowship. <laughs> Praise God. So after we finish preaching to them, they will light up their weed. <laughs> and they will start smoking their weed. And they will still sit down there, they'll be talking to us. So one day, so one day, there was one guy like that. He comes around, but he wasn't born again. Me, I knew he wasn't born again. It's just that he was just enjoying that company. He was just enjoying that, you know, that atmosphere, which is good. Because the guy later got born again. It was when I left Nigeria that the guy later got born again and became a worker in church. Hmm. And at the time I was in Nigeria, this guy did not get born again. Very discouraging experience. Wow. Praise God. It was very discouraging. But thank God that later testimony came. Um, so one day the guy, after the fellowship, the guy just lighted his weed and started smoking it. And we're all there. We're all sharing together, playing together. So I sat down with the guy. I said, ah, my brother, this weed you are smoking. It's not good, though. 
Maybe you should stop it. The guy busted into laughter. He laughed, laughed. The guy laughed me to scorn. He now said, he now called some of his friends and said, oh boy, you come, 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 come. Come here with the pastor. Talk. Pastor said I should stop smoking skunk. <laughs> the guy now carried the cigarette, blew it on my face. He said, pastor, I can <laughs> never stop. <laughs> Praise God. So yeah. he's not born again. He doesn't have capacity. Mm. He doesn't have that capacity to change. It takes you must be quickened first before you now start addressing issues in the soul. The spirit must be quickened first. Mm. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Yeah. Now you can say that, ah, man, how about the apostles now? No, the way Jesus Christ related with them was the Old Testament um, hmm. uh, manner in which someone like Abraham, that even though he was dead in the spirit, God was still able to change him to some extent. Do you get it? Uh, the disciples too, they experienced a form of change. But around Jesus, you see that those ones was God that was letting them directly. Do you get what I'm saying? But a normal man does not have capacity to change in his soul like that unless the spirit man has been quickened. That's the New Testament, that's the New Testament order. That God wants to change a man from inside out, not from outside in. Hmm. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. So, repentance of dead work is what you teach believers, not unbelievers. What we teach believers, not unbelievers. Praise God. Hallelujah. Um, thank you, Jesus. Uh, we are going to pray today, so I will try my best to finish at 7.50 so we can pray a little. Um, praise God. Hallelujah. Then B, there is repentance. Freaking. There is repentance. Freaking of the heart. That the soul of an unbeliever ought to experience when the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ is preached. This pricking of the heart positions the heart to believe the gospel so that the spirit of the unbeliever could be saved. Now, we saw this in Acts chapter 2. There's a certain repentance that happened. That's why I'm saying that this kind of repentance that we're talking about that will say, forgive me my sin, all those things, is not something that an unbeliever can do. But the repentance that an unbeliever can do is that pricking of the heart that makes him respond to salvation and believing in Jesus. It's just like a pricking of the heart. You know, it depends on slash pricking of the heart, a conviction, which is not really, really repentance in itself. It's repentance somewhere though. Do you get But really, really, it is not that I really turned away from something. It just got quickened. Yes, sir. Now start, get, now start turning away. For a man to turn away, he must first be quickened. So there's a form of freaking of the heart that happens the day a man gets born again. That a man believes the gospel and receives quickening of the spirit. That happened in 
um, when Peter was talking to them in Acts chapter 2, he told them, repent. That repent is to be born again. So many of them got born again as at that time. That's the kind of repentance he was talking about there. See, repentance from dead works. Repentance from dead works is a continuous. Let's look at no no that B. Let's look at Acts chapter three verse nineteen quickly. Okay, sir. Quickly before Acts we 19. Acts three nineteen. Repent ye therefore mm-hmm. and converted that mm-hmm. your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. See, repent that your sin might be blotted out. You get. Then another one is verse 20, chapter 26 and 20. We already read them. We already read chapter 2. So let's skip that one. Um, 26, 20. Acts 26, 20. Praise God. Um, but showed first unto them of Damascus and at Jerusalem and throughout all the coast of Judea and then to the Gentiles that they should repent mm-hmm. unto God and do works meets for repentance. Praise Jesus. And do works needs for repentance. You see? So there's a repentance that the Gentiles need to do at that point, which is actually the the uh, pricking of the heart for, um, what's it called? For quickening. But real repentance, that's repentance of continuous work and turning away, really, really happens after you have been quickened. Hmm. That's when you have capacity to now say, strength to now say, I will not do this again. Let's move to C. Repentance from dead works is a continuous practice that a Christian ought to constantly engage in as the light of God's word is shed upon the soul. So once the light of God's word is shed upon the soul, what needs to follow is repentance. Repentance starts with agreeing with the word, which is actually a work of faith. Faith does that. A man, it takes faith to agree with the word and now yield to it and agree with it and then begin to adjust. It takes faith. Do you get what I'm saying? It takes faith. And if we are not relating um, um, repentance from dead work, in the realm of salvation of the soul, which is the time where word of righteousness is being presented to that soul. Do you get what I'm saying? When word of righteousness is being presented to that soul for salvation of the soul, it's not a one-off thing. It's a constant thing. In fact, the thing, the thing happens almost every day. It's like almost, I've been noticed that almost every day we have something to repent of. It's like, Every day we have something to repent of. Why do we have something to repent of? Because every single day the light of God should visit a man. Yes. And every time the light of God visits a man, there should be an adjustment of the heart. Wow. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. There should be an adjustment of the heart every single time the light of God visits a man. Because the 
the light of God comes to turn the heart of a man unto God. So when we use the word transformation, mm. transformation is a heart, a, 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 a work that is backed up by repentance. Yes, sir. So repentance precedes transformation. No man can change without repentance, without repenting from something. Because repentance is that you must have rejected and refused something. Then transformation is that you have agreed with something else. Then when you exercise that thing, the new agreement, when we exercise the new agreement, transformation is happening. Every, you know, transformation is a is an establishment of grace in the soul. Yes. Uh... For transformation to happen, grace must have been established somewhere. Hmm. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Grace must have been established somewhere for transformation to actually fully occur. So you see, all these things cannot be done outside grace and faith. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. So, um, repentance comes with a lot of agreements and agreements and agreements and agreements and agreements and agreements and agreements. It must be agreeing and turning away. Shall two work together except they agree? Hmm. So, the carnality of the heart of the mind must be dealt with. So a man that is constantly repenting is gradually becoming a man that is at peace with God. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Repentance from dead works. In relation to salvation of the soul, it is not a one-off thing. And I want to re-emphasize that sometimes when we repent, it might take a, a, a quite some time for the repentance to fully be established because sometimes some things are so ingrained in the soul that it will take consistent warfare for that transformation to happen. But first, that decision must first be made. There are some certain habits that the day we say we are not doing it again is not the day it stopped. The day we committed to not doing it again. The day we committed to not doing the game is like a certain new warfare started <laughs> of Satan suggesting it consistently. So a man that has really, really repented is a man that is ready to fight that warfare to the end. Uh, yes. So there are some habits that you have to war with and wrestle down. Sometimes years of wrestling with it. You wrestle and you keep wrestling. Sometimes you will fall, you stand again, you wrestle again. Sometimes it's more like, you know, maybe a a fighter. Um, Who watched a W? Yeah, this guy, this guy, Israel. Israel, what's his name? UFC. Yeah, UFC. Who knows them? Come on. Camaro's wife. Yeah. Hey. Ah, you are watching people punch each other. No. <laughs> no matter. I want you to do it. Once in a while, I want you to do it. <laughs> Praise God. 
Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Um, you see, some of them, somebody will win them, then they will go back and go and practice and practice and practice. They will come and challenge the person again. Yeah. Do you That's like that's the way that's the way the warfare in the spirit is sometimes, especially with some habits. Sometimes some habits will beat you down. Bad. Just notice that you did it again. It's not time to give up. Just move back and go and chop word again. Hit word. Chop word where? And keep chopping word. Preparing for yourself for the day that temptation will come again. When you have chopped word well, sometimes if you have not chopped word enough to higher than the strength of that, that habit, it can rest you down again. Don't give up. Go and chop word again. Gather grace until you come to the point you can rest it down and rest it down continuously until you be you end up binding it. Mm. You overcome something where you have bound it and killed it. You know, sin sometimes is like it's like a snake. Uh. You stone it, it will rise up again. Then you it will rise up his head again, you carry stone again. Bah, you eat it with stone. You think it's dead before you know it raises up again. <laughs> you don't stop. But what do you do? You keep stoning it. You know that stone. You know what that stone is? It's the light of God's word, the revelation of God's word. That's your stone. Yes, sir. You keep stoning it with the word. You stone it and stone it till it dies. Some are stubborn. Vipers are very stubborn. In fact, vipers is like you must, there's a place in the forehead you must target. If you have not hit that place, that thing is not dying. Hmm. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. So you must be, you, you must be, you must be tenacious. We must be tenacious in our journey. You must come to the point, you know, there's a part in Hebrews that says you have not struggled with sin unto the shedding of blood. Hebrews 12. I think it's verse 4. He said, you have not wrestled with sin until the shedding of blood. You must come to a point where you are ready to die. And that's just my own literal interpretation. There's more to that scripture than that. There's a deeper meaning to that in scripture. But literal meaning that I'm giving it right now is, you must come to the point where it's either that thing goes or you go. Hmm. Or you will not go. Amen. Uh, you see? You must, you must come to that point. That this thing must go. He has to go. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. So we 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 wrestle this thing down. Sometimes you have to in place of repent, you have to wrestle these things down and wrestle it and wrestle it. There are some thoughts that you have to wrestle down consistently. Yes, you did, last week you had the thoughts, you wrestled it down, you left. And that this week again, maybe a brethren just misbehaved around you. Then the thought came back again. You wrestle it again. Until you rise above it. There are some thoughts that I wrestled with in the past that when they cross my mind now, I will just burst into laughter. Because by God's grace, there's a, there's a way God has helped me rise above the thoughts that anytime I don't bring that thought around me like this, I'll just laugh. This one, we are bigger than this now. By God's grace. I'll, like those, some of those things will just make me laugh. That's it. Just. Don't don't call this round. This is this is this is shameful. Don't 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 uh, don't be don't don't embarrass yourself. 
you get. But it takes years of wrestling. Sir. Years of wrestling with things. Wrestling and wrestling with those thoughts. Wrestle with those thoughts because you are disagreeing. Every wrestle is a disagreement. You are disagreeing with something. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Should I touch one more prayer? Just pray. Just looking at this thing. Okay, let's touch one more prayer. It is the soul of a believer, not the spirit, that ought to repent as the revelation of God's word proceeds. You see? So it's not the spirit that repents, it's the soul that repents. So it's the soul that sins. So if it's the soul that sins, is the soul that will repent. Okay. It is the heart and the mind. The core, the core compartment of the soul is the heart and the mind. We should understand it. But the mind has its own tentacles. The mind has its, as a, as, as, uh, is the realm of the, where the, your will is, your emotions is. The heart is the is around where your conscience is. Do you get what I'm saying? So when you see a, a, a strong-minded person, is a, a very willful person, a strong-willed person, has a strong mind. Um, I was talking to somebody that um, the child was a little too and I was now telling him, ah, maybe you should address this. He said, no, we don't need to address it. He has a strong will. I said, ah, my heart, you want a child to have a strong will in this manner. The only strong will a man, a child should have is a, a will towards towards God. A child should not just have a, any any type of strong will. A child should be malleable. Hmm. You don't raise your children to have to be strong willed in that manner. You raise your children to be malleable. The only strong will you should have is a will directed towards God. Every other will should be should be subject to change. So if if somebody is too adamant on what he wants, is 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 a wrong spirit. Hmm. Hmm. The wrong spirit. Now, when you are raising children, you don't just raise them to get whatever they want. And you say, because he's strong with he knows what he wants. No, a child should be, should, should, should be raised to be trained that it's not what he wants that he will get. Not all the time he will get what he wants. So that in life, he can know that by the time he start having faith, it's not everything he prays for that God will give him. Or else you raise a child that will be offended with God. Yes, sir. You get that child needs to be raised in a way that your strong will should be narrowed down to pursuit of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Lord. So he said, is the soul, the mind, and the heart is the realm of that's when you are talking about salvation of the soul, these are the two compartments that God is narrowing down to hmm. the heart and the mind. That's why the Bible says, I will write my laws upon your heart and upon your mind. I like the fact that they used the heart first before they talked about the mind. Yeah. Upon their heart and upon their mind. Upon the heart 
stand upon the mind. Because the God, when word of God comes, it targets the heart. Once the heart comes, and something is established in the heart, a time will come, the mind will be getting influenced. Have you realized that sometimes your mind, your mind, you are you there's there's something you are excited about, but in the heart there's a disagreement. Have you noticed it before? Yes, sir. So sometimes the word of God can be established in the heart, but the mind has not totally conceptualized it. Yes, sir. Do you get what I'm saying? So sometimes in the heart, you know what is right, but the mind is not, is not uh, there yet. So you now see that warfare between your, your heart and your mind. You know this thing is bad, but there's still an excitement there in the mind. <laughs> but a time will come, if you, you stay on the word, the mind too will be wrestled down. Yes, sir. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. The mind will be wrestled down at the point. So it is the it is the soul. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let me round it up then. Continue next week. It is the soul that is that is supposed to to repent as a revelation or repent as a revelation of God's word proceeds. The body of the believer also is expected to practice and walk according to the revelation of the light when and where necessary. So the uh, the soul repents, but when after the soul repents, commensurate action will follow with the body. But it starts from the heart and the mind, which is the soul. Then before you know it, when it's meditated on constantly, it now will come, the, the, the body too, we 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 take over. Let me close this book. We'll continue next week. Uh, oh, thank you, Jesus. You have really helped us, God, today. Thank you, Lord. So you see, the Bible says something. He said, This book of the law shall not depart from your mind, and thou shalt meditate on it day and night. In another part in Deuteronomy, he was telling them the way they should handle the law. Put it on thy door. Put it on thy lintel. Put it before your forehead. Put it upon your chest. Everywhere around where you got to put the law, put it there. Because you should be constantly building it. That is the, that is the formula for transformation. That's the formula for repentance. Because the, you must be constantly building the word for transformation to happen. So, one thing about, about repentance is that the, you know, the Bible says something. It said the word of God is like a mirror. Once you look at the mirror, you look at your face, and there's a stain, or maybe there's a there's a there's a maybe there's a there's a acne on the face. The reason once you see it in the mirror, you feel a need to correct it. Okay. That's what the word of God does. He projects the weakness in our in us to us so that we can do something. We can ask the Lord to help us do something about it. That's actually a re, what a, the state of a repentant heart should be. I'm going to be praying this morning that I want a heart of repentance. I want a, a right attitude towards the word. Repentance is the right attitude towards the word. Can we just pray this evening? That God will give us the right attitude towards the word, which is the heart of repentance. That I will not, I will not argue with God. 
I will not argue with God. You can unmute now. Let's just pray. Let's just pray together. You can unmute and let's just pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. Amen. Let's pray. pray. You can mute back. Let me just quickly say a few things. Uh, one of these things that I'm, one thing I'm noticing right now is that some of us we have to actually go back to our, to our, um, to our closet, to our closet, and go and repent of some things that the Lord has been correcting us for for a while. This week should be a week of repentance because we have heard the word and we should take commensurate action. If the Lord is already convicting you of some things and you are joking around with it, this is the time to repent because once the word comes. Uh, uh, grace to do comes with it. If only you can agree with whatever the Lord is projecting in your eyes. Praise Jesus. So in the time where we should go and do soul search and go and start bringing out some, some of us need to go and bring out some notes that the Lord has, has that we are written in the past concerning corrections and begin to actually recheck again and see, have I dealt with this one? Have I really, really conform to this? Have I really, really adjusted to this? Because there are many things the Lord will be talking to us in this season that we need to actually agree with. And many times, repentance we have to follow. So God will help us in Jesus' name. Amen. God will help our heart in the name of Jesus. Amen. God will help us to actually grace, he will give us grace to respond when the word is being projected. Amen. When the word comes with, the Bible says the, the word of God is power unto salvation. So anytime the word of God comes, power has come. Yeah. The word of God itself is power. Mm. When the word comes and it hits the heart, power has come. There's a part in the scripture where the word, they, they, there's some parts in the scripture where they refer to the word as rema. There's another part in the word where they refer to the word as dunamis, bomb. Do you get what I'm saying? That's the word of God is power and it has capacity to break strongholds. So repentance should happen. Some of you, some of us right now, we need to go and meet our pastor and confess some things to them. Just, just confess some things to our pastor. Like, ah, pastor, I've been doing this for a while. It looks as if it's time for me to drop it. And the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Shame. We will not use shame to cover up Shame will not make us cover up our sins in Jesus' name. Amen. Ah, God will help us. Amen. In Jesus' name we are praying. Amen.